I'm here today with President and Sister Irene from BYU-Idaho. I'm Celeste Simmons, and thank you for being here with me today. Thank you. We're excited. Thank you. So I wanted to start off with asking you, how was your Christmas break? How did you celebrate? Well, we did a fair amount of skiing, and we had family who came to Rexburg. Are you guys big skiers? I don't know if we're big skiers. We enjoy <laughs> skiing. Yeah. yeah. I have yet to try it out, and I've been here for a few winters now, but uh-huh. I want to. Yeah, It's time. It's Hopefully time. this year. <laughs> and do you have any Christmas traditions that you do with your family? Well, let's see. We, we try to do some version of a family pageant, and uh, it's wonderful if we have small children, grandchildren with us. President Irene, you lived in Rexburg during your, during your childhood when your father was president of Rex College. And in your talk, you say that you thought that you would never return to Rexburg. Can you both tell me about the journey that led you back to Rexburg? Well, I needed a job. Uh, we had served for three years in Tokyo as uh, presiding over a mission. And uh, it was a a great experience, but I had no uh, job prospects to speak of until I was blessed, uh, quite miraculously, I think. Uh, it was about a, a year before we were coming home, and I began to ask around among my friends living in the United States who I had known quite well, and um, I was just looking for any kind of work. Uh, probably uh, my expectation was that it would be in the the private industry. And um, I had this conversation with a a dear friend named Doug Anderson, who is now currently the dean of the business school at Utah State University. And uh, I called him, and I was looking for a job. An, an academic job there at USU. And uh, sweet Doug said, you know, last week I was in England and I came around the corner and, uh, and I met friends there. Um, Kim Clark, that may be a name that you, after so many years, uh, isn't, uh, isn't so well known on the campus, but he was here at, BYU-Idaho, I think 10 years he had come from the Harvard Business School, and it was a great thing for this institution to have him leading it, not only because of the gravitas, you know, the the reputation that he had, but also just a great uh, scholar and teacher and, and nurturer. And, and anyway, um, so there we were in the, what they called the Cotswolds, and uh, uh, Kim and uh, and his wife Sue, and uh, and Doug Anderson and and his wives um, met up in the Cotswolds, and they were having a conversation, and uh, someone in the group said, "Henry Iring doesn't have work; he's in Japan." And uh, uh, we ought to see if he would come to BYU-Idaho. And uh, it was a magical moment. Uh, And uh, 
Kim is is one of the great souls of of the whole world, and uh, Heavenly Father, I think, set that up, and it brought me back to to Rexburg and uh, BYU Idaho. I had known it, of course, as Rick's College, much much smaller, um, but with the same special spirit, and uh, you can probably, if 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 there's one. Um, if there's one talk that's worth reading to understand BYU-Idaho, it is a, a talk that was given by my father called A Steady Upward Course. You may have heard of that. And uh, with the move by President Hinckley uh, to, to make this a four-year institution, um, there were many people, not only Kim Clark, but also Steve Wheelwright, who was um, essentially the number two academic at uh, the Harvard Business School. Um, and so we have... And Clark Gilbert. And Clark, I mean, and Clark Gilbert was coming as, as well. Um, he, Clark was, uh, was at uh, Harvard also, the Harvard Business School. Um, and... Uh, it's just been the most wonderful 16 years I can imagine. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It's a wonderful story, and we're happy that it happened. We're happy to have you here. I read in your biographies that you were high school sweethearts. This one's more of a fun question. I'm sure many of the students on campus are curious to know, how did you meet? It was the back-to-school dance at Bountiful High School. I was a senior. Kelly was a sophomore. I had seen her a number of times. Um, and f for some reason, the image stuck. And so when I saw her at that stomp, as they call it, um, I was very happy to, to dance with her, maybe more than she wanted. Oh, that's not true. I was very flattered to be dancing with a senior. I was an incoming sophomore, and it was very fun. And we dated all that year, and then Henry went off to college. I took all my lifeguarding money and poured it into dates. <laughs> it worked well. It was great. So really a fun time for us in high school. I know that's not true for everyone, and that's not how it works for everyone. But for us, it was magical mm. and really fun. That's so sweet. And what is something that you're grateful that you did as young adults that has benefited you throughout your life? Well, I'd have to say that the full-time mission for me was um, absolutely pivotal and, um, and laid our path out. I think that's true. I think we were both, we both worked hard in school. Henry was lifeguarding and or working for Phillips Petroleum or, I mean, you had other jobs. I was running a dance studio at the time and going to high school. So we worked hard. We were both committed, to, I think, to our church responsibilities and to those kinds of things. So I think we laid patterns um, at that time of, of priorities and things that we were going to do. And in your talk, President Irene, you talk about ministering to the one. What do you think are simple yet effective ways that we can minister to others here on campus, in our wards, and in our apartments? Mm, that's a great question. And the good news is there's a good answer here because uh, 
I've, I've never seen or even heard of a university so large as this one, especially if you count the third semester and so we get 50% more students. This is a very large university, and yet um, there is a feeling that, for instance, uh, a, uh, a student uh, is, is uh, able to sit knee-to-knee with, with a professor, um, oftentimes because the professor has invited that student uh, not to bring them in to say that your grades aren't good enough or that you're cutting up in class. But uh, there's, a, there's a great premium that we place on face-to-face and knee-to-knee experiences with one another. And that's when the Holy Ghost can really minister to us. I think also, Henry, you gave a talk. I don't remember which semester it was now. Um, called um, Hello. And a way to minister to everyone on campus is to look up and say hello. Make a difference. Let people know that you acknowledge them. And Henry did a really great job in that talk. That was a fun talk. And I think we felt it on the campus, um, at least for that semester after and a little bit after, but maybe it's time to renew um, our hellos. Be kind to each other. It's the simple things that go go a long way. Mm-hmm. And I know that in my first semester here, I was really able to notice a special spirit here on campus at BYU-Idaho. And Sister Irene, in your talk, you talk about the spirit of Ricks a little bit. When we go home or have jobs or internships that take us away from campus, how do you suggest that we as students maintain that spirit that is held here on BYU-Idaho's campus? Mm, It is different. You're in a different environment, and so you're not maybe constantly reminded of that. But I think it's one of those things where once you've felt it and experienced it, it becomes part of you. And so as you go out, you may not even notice that you're different, Um, but people around you will take note and see it. Um, But I do think it's not a bad idea to remember, oh, what was that really great feeling? Okay, I want to share that. It's the same with our Savior's love. He wants us to share that. And we just have to remember, you know, what it's like when we feel it and then radiate it. Oh, that's well said. Sister Irene, another one for you. Finishing college can be a hard thing to do. I saw that you studied English in college. And since graduating, what have you been able to do with your education? And how has having a degree been beneficial to you, especially with having a family and raising children? Mm, Thank you. For asking that, I graduated. Uh, I was truly grateful for a large graduation gown. I graduated just two weeks before my first baby was born. And so, um, but I do remember graduating and panicking the next Monday that I didn't have school. And here I am, nine months pregnant, but I was worried that I didn't have something to do that day. I'm sure I could have gotten ready or something. But I was worried. And so Henry will remember, I went off to a Montessori school. Do you remember? And I volunteered for two weeks until my baby was born. Um, I, I think that having education is beneficial, whether you're using it in its actual, you know, the, the intended area or just as a mother. It made a difference. I have a mother who worked hard to get her degree and paid for her degree herself and I grew up in a family of four girls and we were all, it was just never a question. We were all just talking about what we were going to study in college and what we were going to do. 
And um, I married someone where education is paramount in their family. And uh, so I knew that I wanted that. And I wanted it because I could see that it makes everyone better. Learning is a lifelong eternal principle. And so I knew that it will, learning of any sort will make us better. And it's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do is to learn and to grow. Um, It helps us to appreciate um, Heavenly Father's creations. Well, the more knowledge we have, the more we can appreciate things. So we're taught to seek learning by the Spirit. And um, so it's truly an eternal principle. So I see any kind of education um, as being beneficial, but I know that it was helpful for me with my children um, as I, I taught them and helped them to focus on their learning. And now grandchildren. Mm. Thank you. That was a wonderful answer. And President Irene, earlier you mentioned your mission and how that was a pivotal thing that you did in your life as a young adult that impacted the rest of your life. What advice would you give to students who are contemplating going on a mission or wondering how they can be missionaries without a name tag? That is a a good question. Um, My missionary experience was pivotal for me in my life, although for some unexpected reasons. Um, I, I thought that I was going to be a very, very successful missionary in Japan and, uh, and that that would lead on to great things, um, academic success and uh, uh, opportunities to, to uh, lead in the church. Um, but the mission humbled me. It was a time uh, where uh, missions were just 18 months for young men. And uh, Japanese is not an intuitive language for most people <laughs> who, who speak English. And uh, so there I was with... Um, uh, a, a mission experience. And it was also at, at a time that uh, uh, there was a little bit of political tension between Japan and the United States. Uh, and Japan itself was becoming more and more focused on uh, material goods. And they really did transform their society. Um, Japan was truly bombed uh, into submission in, in World War II and, uh, and bless their hearts. Those Japanese citizens uh, had to rebuild their country. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it went from a, a society that uh, had had large families and uh, you just couldn't afford that. Um, and... Uh, so I came to, to a Japan um, that was, in some respects, doing better uh, socially and certainly monetarily, but uh, were, they were losing the, the cohesion that uh, had been enjoyed in, in Japan. And, uh, and it, was, it was tough on me, my heart, uh, but also my head, I had expected that, uh, you know, I would come back with many sheaves upon my back. Uh, And it is true that uh, 
I, I am in touch still with some uh, Japanese stake presidents. Um, and yet, um, it is, uh, it's an important thing for us to, to recognize that not everyone has the same background that we do. And uh, as we preach the gospel, we need to do it in a way that is uh, very personable and very understanding. I think we see some of that in our society today uh, where there's a kind of schism or atomization um, and uh, many voices. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have many voices, but if the, if the voices are um, discordant, um, that's tough on the spirit. And it, again, it goes back to what we enjoy here at BYU-Idaho um, when there are mis- mistakes or, or misunderstandings here. Um, they tend to be healed relatively quickly. And I hope that we're all trying to do that. In your talk, you mentioned the hymn, Give Said the Little Stream. I love the lyric that says, I'm small, I know, but wherever I go, the field grows greener still. What do you hope students take away from the message of the little stream? How does that relate to us? Well, I think it has to do with um, self-sacrifice um, and, and nurturing others. If we have an attitude of lifting those around us, even if there isn't something in it for us, um, the Holy Ghost responds and our hearts are softened. When we are thinking about how we can make things better for others. And when we do that, it makes things better for us. Thank you so much. Your answers impacted me a lot. And I know it will impact the listeners and the students who who listen to this and to the talks as well. So thank you, Irene, for meeting with me today. Thank you. It was our pleasure.